don't want to miss this. It's quite a work of art. You'll laugh and cry through the lows and highs. Unless it all falls apart. Hey, pay attention. The show's about to start. Just sit back and relax. And oh, watch this part. Hello, and welcome to Watch This Part, a brand new TV and film podcast. I'm Hector. And I'm Kyle. And welcome to our show. So, um, you know, when we started this podcast, it was really, really hard because we we knew we wanted to do a podcast about TV and film, about movies in general, actually. That's what that's how it started, right? Really, really we just wanted to talk about everything nerdy and <laughs> <laughs> mostly movies and TV. Right. And... Um, and so we we came up with a show to uh, to have an excuse to watch movies and talk about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's this, what's this show about, Hector? So what, what we, we, we we cover basically we cover just our love for for movies and and television and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> basically, just just that, and we we talk about it, we geek out, we nerd about it. Um, but this episode, you know, to start us off, we actually thought it would be a really cool idea. And maybe have it as a, as a regular, not a regular, but a, a se- segment on the show every now and then um, of how we actually will recommend movies to each other that we've never seen, but that we both love. And we, we each watch the movies that we pick for each other and we talk about it. We discuss it. Yeah. What we liked, what we didn't like, you know, um, what we what we got out of it, maybe. You know, yeah. we, that, that, that Kyle... <laughs> That Kyle Broflosky kind of attitude at the end of South Park, you know, like, you know, I learned something today, and this is what it is, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Couldn't have put it better myself. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we, we picked a movie for each other that the other one hadn't seen, mm-hmm. and um, uh, after much discussion, um, Hector decided to have me watch the movie Clerks. Oh, no, shoot. Uh, no, wait, sorry. The movie. <laughs> I mean, the yeah, you can watch that, too. Movie. So, for today's episode, uh, Hector chose for me the movie Chasing Amy from 1997, and um, I decided it would be fun that we would come up with a theme to each pick something around that uh, yeah. that topic, uh, which didn't come till later. So Hector first recommended Chasing Amy, and then I came up with a theme that barely fits this, which is two real-life brothers appearing in a movie together. What's, what's weird is that, and, like, your, the one that I picked for you, because I just picked it, right? But the thing is that, yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that, yeah. that Casey yeah, Affleck Casey was in Affleck's the movie. Like, did, uh, anyway, we'll talk about, we'll get back to that in a second. But then, uh, I, so, I chose Real Life Brothers starring in a movie together, and I chose The Royal Tenenbaums from 2001 for Hector to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess to get this started, I, I, I think, I think what we should do is explain each other's movies. Okay. So, um. Do you want to start with Chasing Amy or The Royal Tenenbaum? Um, let's let's start with Chasing Amy. Okay. Uh, all right. So Hector chose for me Chasing Amy um, from 1997, uh, directed by Kevin Smith. Chasing Amy is a movie about uh, Ben Affleck as Kevin Smith, and he falls in love with a woman named Alyssa, um, who it turns out is a lesbian. And this revelation sends our characters on an emotional and uh emotional journey and uh, a journey of discovery about themselves and um well we're gonna talk about all of that but uh first hector uh, why don't you tell us about why uh you chose this movie for me um the reason why i chose it is because um i thought it well one it's a movie that you had never seen i couldn't believe that you've never seen it before 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Kevin. I haven't seen very many Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, Kevin Smith is a guy I've been kind of vibing with lately. I had seen the movie before um, in film school, but mm -hmm. um, now, like, just like as an adult, I kind of vibe with Kevin Smith himself. Like, he loves movies. He loves comic books. He loves oh, he's nerdy a giant stuff. Nerd. He's a giant nerd, like like us. Yeah. So like, I was like, man, Kyle really needs to see this movie. So that 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 was the first thing. And then the second of all, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I hadn't seen the movie since film school, and I don't I, I I didn't even remember anything about it. When when was that for you? I went to the film school of at Harlandale High School, um, mm -hmm. and I saw it. I think I want to say the year two thousand. Like almost 10 years ago 2009 right? yeah i think more than oh, more than 10 years ago okay mm -hmm. so yeah um yeah very cool um well i will say i i was i was pretty excited just because i i kevin smith movies have been a blind spot um i <laughs> when we were coming up with the with the impetus for this podcast i i read read you which kevin smith movies i had seen before this which was uh clerks and tusk basically <laughs> so <laughs> one good uh, one or um, i'm not gonna say um, nothing ill yeah. about it but like yeah so so no i mean like uh, another reason why i chose it is because it's very when i saw it again as an adult um because i was a teenager the first time i saw it so like the second time i saw it as an adult i was very i i was like hooked on the story like right away and i was like man like i was really surprised that like everything that was going on it's it's a very complicated movie it's it go it's very complicated mm -hmm. and it goes in directions i did not see coming yeah. in any <clears throat> respect yeah um, yeah it's 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 a doozy and it's a, i think it's just that alone it makes it a great flick and uh, a really really great film and one that i it's it's a film that deserves a discussion so for sure and i think perfect. and i think kevin smith is an interesting uh character as well mm -hmm. um uh so i will say that um in preparation for this i i did i did some extracurricular activity because i was scrubbing through the imdb like you do and i and i discovered like that you do i do that like, too but well, like you, you do that like every people. single thing every single <laughs> film and tv episode uh, well it turns out chasing amy was uh kevin smith's third film third theatrical released film and the royal tenenbaums is uh wes anderson's third theatrically re released film so uh, I took it upon myself to watch um, their first three films each. So I, I actually also watched Clerks Man, and Mallrats. This dude, uh, this dude does his homework, huh? I did. I, I mean, I don't. I didn't do it in school, but when it comes to movies, I'm motivated. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I, it'd be interesting to talk about. Maybe, maybe that's a, a podcast episode for another day. Maybe discussing Kev, discussing Kevin Smith's career. But mm -hmm. uh, it was very interesting to see the evolution of both these filmmakers going through. Um, but yeah, chasing Amy, Ben Affleck is playing uh, Holden McNeil, comic book artist, mm -hmm. and he's very clearly a stand-in for Kevin Smith, which becomes even more clear by the end of the movie. But he's got sort of a Kevin Smith-like facial haircut, and yeah. uh, and his best friend is Jason Lee, uh, who's playing Banky Edwards. And uh, I actually really the the opening scene is so funny. That's where which is where Casey Affleck shows up, and it's just like when they're standing in line and they're looking to get a signature and they're just like you're just the you're just the just a tracer the tracer right that's all, all you do is trace and i'm, a, I'm an inker i'm an inker <laughs> that's a great scene that's that, that one's i love it i love it i i will say uh just 
uh, first impressions of the movie. I mean, um, I, I I really enjoyed it. It, it was uh, it was a movie that it didn't go in the directions I was expecting it to go. I, I knew very little going in, which was a good thing. Um, but I mean, the whole like the 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 first reveal of like, oh, she's a lesbian. That's like I don't know, thirty minutes into the movie, and then the whole rest of the movie plays out, and that's all just like the fallout of that. And right, and going in. But um, I mean. It is. It's truly wild. I mean, like, yeah. Talking about stuff I like, I I love seeing like a pre two thousands Comic Con as like the setting for a lot of the movie. It's so. Like, it looks so Comic-Con, dead, doesn't it? It, it looks so Comic-Con dead compared to like what so, it is it's now. It's so much cooler when it wasn't cool, and like the people that were there were actually just like the hardcore, most hardcore nerds, and like really nobody was there. I mean, like looking at that that version of comic-con it's like completely different to what it is now now it's like a, yeah. a madhouse circus like packed wall to wall yeah uh, so i love that um uh yeah i think this is uh i mean this is the just to talk about our stars a little bit ben affleck this is like his first leading role i don't, I don't know if it's literally his first leading role but it's a uh, he definitely talked about how it's like his first fully emotionally, fully developed character hmm. leading role. Like this was his first one that he was like, "Okay, this is it. I'm like the leading guy, and this is yeah. I'm I'm doing something," which is cool. I mean, I love Ben Affleck. It, uh, it, um, it even makes me more like like the film even more because Kevin Smith talked about when they did Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, when he asked Ben Affleck to come back, and he wrote a whole chasing Amy scene in the reboot. Did oh, you see? Really? The, did you did you see the reboot? No, no? I, I I haven't seen any other. So Us like, universe. it's no. pretty good. So like, he wrote, he wrote. So the script was all done, and he wrote an actual scene, chasing Amy scene for Ben after like he had re- written the script and everything because uh, him and Ben were hadn't talked to each other in years, but he said that when he came back, um, to do the reboot, it's like 1997. Ben just walked out and like he knew. He knew the whole script. He knew the whole like backwards and forwards, and it's just like, just just the fact that like on his first leading like role, that Ben Affleck was this type of actor to just like come in and do work and like just be respectful. Like you know what I mean? Like it just makes me like respect Ben Affleck as an actor more, and even now as a filmmaker, as he started making like you know Argo, he started making like you know writing and directing and stuff like that, uh, or what is it? Uh, Goodwill Hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like that. Which Kevin so, helped with. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it's... actually, Goodwill Hunting came out like right after uh, Chasing Amy. Like Chasing Amy, Goodwill Hunting, boom! I, ben Affleck is a star now. A like, household name, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, I guess the other star. Uh, so we've also got uh, Joy Lorden Adams as Alyssa Jones, who mm-hmm. is the uh, female lead of this movie. Um, I spent a good, good chunk of this movie going. Is Amy short for Alyssa? How how is chasing Amy? How does that work factor into this? Yeah, I was like, like is Amy short for Alyssa? Like I guess that they both have Y's, <laughs> and then of course the whole the, the the Silent Bob scene. I mean, from watching these three movies, in Clerks and this one especially, like the 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 scene where Silent Bob talks and gives great advice, <laughs> are are the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, and. I like a lot about this movie. I, I think I just think Kevin Smith is a good writer, and I think mm-hmm. he's a great storyteller. Yeah. Um, I I don't think he's a great director. Uh, but I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I just know that I, I've seen some of his later later stuff, and it's not yeah. like, but like 
but his storytelling is so good. Like, mm-hmm. like he's just he's great dialogue. I mean, I've pulled quotes Fantastic from, from dialogue, yeah. all of these movies, and like my favorite, some of my favorite quotes are from from Chasing Amy. Like, there's the whole. Uh, let me see if I can. Why don't you vamp for a second? So like, um, <laughs> dude, he's so funny. Like he is so funny with his like, with his screenwriting. But he's so deep. He can be deep and he can be so funny at the same time, and it's just yeah. crazy. Like I wish I had that type of talent. I have to work at it. I can be funny I, and then I can be deep. I can't be like at the, I can't do it yeah. at the same time. So like I, I've heard him described as like the like the Shakespeare of like dick and fart jokes, but like I, I Shakespeare is already that. So I don't know if that that's quite true, but. He he really does have a way with words. Like yeah, he does. Uh, what my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from this is uh, as when they're sort of doing a little meet, meet cute with uh, um, Alyssa and Holden, and uh, he says like, "Ah, oh, how how could we not have met all this time?" And she says, "Oh, it could have been worse. We could have not met at all." And it's just like, "Oh, that's yeah. just a great line. <laughs> that's a great line." Um. So yeah, and then we got uh, Jason Lee as the best friend. Um, I gotta say, great great role. Okay, first of all, I, I was spending the entire movie like, why is he just Ryan Reynolds? Like, he's literally just got like big Ryan Reynolds energy. Did you not get this? I was literally thinking like, the, like literally, they could have pulled Ryan Reynolds from Waiting and had him in this movie. See, instead. now that you say that, I was thinking about Waiting Ryan Reynolds. But it, but the funny thing is, is at and uh, at the end of end credits of like all of Kevin Smith's movies, the the thanks the thanks to are always worth a check out. And it says like, thanks to Jason Lee for kicking it Reynolds style. Really? So I don't know if that is literally I, referencing Ryan Reynolds, but I think it must be. Or um, so, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, or Burt Reynolds, <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, I didn't get any Burt Reynolds. No, I didn't either. This, but maybe uh, that you know, scruffy okay. look. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, okay. So I gotta, I, I gotta say, I did go through quite an emotional journey myself mm. going watching this movie. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think I okay so uh Jason Lee his character in this uh it starts off fun and it's like the classic like Clerks got where it's just like a dude and and he goes on tangents about Archie the Archie comics or like whatever like that and that's all love all that I love all the tan- there's always like a 10 minute Star Wars tangent in like every one of these films right. or these first three at least I'm sure that continues um uh, and but like and then and then when it turns out like what his character is and just like how vehemently like he's like hates homosexuals apparently and just like it's like whoa dude what the f- <laughs> what is going on here and um and really I I think like going through the movie I I I I came to the realization realization that this movie is Alyssa's movie it it like. I, I, I think she's much more of the main character than Ben Affleck is. Yeah. Um, and it's just like hmm. going going through to me. It, it was almost like, going through to me. It was almost like um, watching, like until the very end, Ben Affleck and Jason Lee just kept getting more and more unlikable to me. While Alyssa, uh, while Joey Lauren Adams is just getting really? more and more like I was like I was like into her I was like yeah like I was with her the whole time so I, and I was like losing that's losing really weird because I kind of like, connected with with uh, with with the character of Holden um, really I kind of yeah like so coming from like a coming from like a Christian household you know just like kind of like the views that he has on 
like love and you know um when the whole like sex like talking scene you know mm -hmm. you know when does it happen oh penetration no it's not penetration it's like you know what i mean oh, like that things. whole yeah, yeah, yeah. with that whole discussion i was like well yeah i would agree like you know what i mean um and just how like uh, how just hearing somebody else's views i was like hmm you know i've never heard that before and you know like i, I think it's good to like just just one to not be ignorant to a subject to not be ignorant on a topic uh because then then we have blind spots we have emotional physical like you know mental like blind spots and it, it doesn't allow us to see the other person for what they're going through to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and it, it just helps to not judge somebody else but to show love and compassion and you know whatever you know what i mean like to yeah, be... I, I i think this movie is a lot about understanding yeah. on a fundamental level just like understanding another person right. better than you did before right and and working to try to understand them better exactly exactly right. that's it okay but yeah um i i just want to say that like i this could have been a dumb movie like if this was just like a like a random rom-com and it's just like uh-oh she's a lesbian and then like and then shenanigans ensue and this movie is so sincere i want to pull uh, i read the, i read roger ebert's review for oh, these no. movies because is it good? I, I, I just yeah no i okay. uh he gave both of these movies three and a half stars spoiler alert but i did pull a couple of photos just because there were a couple of quotes that i thought were like so good out of four um, out of four stars three out of four stars. three out of four okay cool 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 cool. i was like dang <laughs> only three stars um, most romantic comedies place phony obstacles in the way of true love, but Kevin Smith knows that at some level there's nothing funny about being in love. It's a dead serious business in which your entire being is at risk. Uh, for Kevin Smith, chasing Amy represents a big step ahead into the ranks of today's most interesting directors. Blah, blah, blah. But I just, yeah, like, it, it's it's a thing of just like the the relationship itself and just learning to understand what him trying to understand. Mm -hmm. Alyssa his own feelings for being in love with Alyssa who yeah. who is who is homosexual and uh just trying to understand how these relationships work and you know um uh and man do they really go on a journey I mean there's, there's like three emotional like breakup or near breakup scenes throughout the movie where it's yeah. just like like knockout scenes barn burner so, scenes and then yeah this this is actually what I heard is actually based on um, Kevin Smith's relationship with well, what's the actress yeah. who plays was, Alyssa? Uh, Joey Lauren Adams, that, who yeah, he was her. dating, or he was oh, dating really? before. So it's based on the, them. her on yeah. Alyssa. Yeah, it's based on them. That like so the end of the movie when he, well, I guess we should say uh, you know the the spoiler is that it yeah. doesn't have a happy ending or it doesn't have a rom-com ending i guess it does kind of have a it has a satisfying ending. that's a good course, ending but, yeah uh, i would say um uh they don't end up together um and it's and he ends up writing a a, a comic about mm -hmm. chasing amy it, it's it's actually very meta in the because the, the whole thing is he's a comic book writer and he right. got he got famous because of a comic book called 37 which is about which is just clerks but in comic book form so he just changed comic books for movies and um it, it, this is I, this feels like kevin smith's most personal movie i think i would he say i would i would say it's his, his holland movie. opus 
yeah i i think he cited it has his own as his own favorite movie it definitely feels like the culmination like it feels like the perfection of clerks mm -hmm. um it it, it it does a lot of the same things as clerks and i think i might prefer clerks to this although it's close i do as well just because yeah there's just something about clerks man like the, the when you watch it it's just always satisfying it's always like it's it's it, it really scratches an itch that i that, that you didn't know needed scratch yeah, or at least that's yeah. how it was for me and um there's just something i i just you know i i have a lot of problems with kevin smith just uh, with some of his later works and some of his uh tweets which we may talk about we're look, later we're looking at you yoga hosers <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn it if he isn't just just so likable and like mm -hmm. you want to you just want to you want to be like, the dude's friend grab a beer with him yeah you, you just want to be his friend to him. i should listen to his podcast honestly <laughs> here, here i'll give you i'll give you i'll give you a tidbit of it Ricky. hey man uh <laughs> so this is crazy <laughs> is that is that, <laughs> is that what he sounds That's like what he sounds like bro okay there's something so much so great about just like he brought all the he brought these characters that are just they're just freaking nerds they're just yeah. freaking like the biggest nerds it's like I was they are seen... they, they act like me right out of high school like oh, yeah. you know what i mean where yeah. it's just it's just dick jokes and talking <laughs> about like incredibly specific logistics from star wars um and uh i i but i do love that like he he put that type of character on the map like that right. that specific yeah. style of of like nerd geek yeah. whatever you want yeah yeah um he did and 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 that's that's great uh um i mean i'm i'm glad kevin smith was here to to, to give us these movies and um to put us in the spotlight bro yeah that's it yeah so uh oh yeah i love uh the hooper the uh played by dwight yule the black guy who's like yeah. running the what a great like little character i don't think he's like in anything else like i looked up his imdb and he's like he's like in a couple of like really random things but he's so funny in this movie um he's sort of only in like the first half but uh he's great um just real quick i'd like to just i i, I just think the since i was uh, uh praising kevin smith uh, a minute ago i just think he has a great origin story i just think as a filmmaker yeah. um the whole clerk story i mean he he like maxed out his credit cards and just like went into like sold debt. all his comic books so sold all of his comic books yeah. Twenty-seven thousand dollars, and then ended up making this little indie darling movie. It's kind of funny to call it an indie darling, but it's what it was. And he was able to sell it at Sundance, and uh, and I mean, it's so it's so. I mean, he obviously he's best friends with Jason Mewes, who's and a lot of these characters show are in like every one of these movies. He's like he's the kind of person that brings back all of his old friends. I mean, the people that are were in Clerks are in most of these movies or at least the yeah. askew Askew universe movies he he did this the marvel cinematic universe before it was cool yeah he did. truly he really did i mean from the very beginning like from Mallrats, the second movie he was already like i mean not only was stan lee in it but like um they were already doing like connections like oh like oh this exists in the same universe and uh yeah that that quick mart is right over there they they do it in this one too like how she knows the yeah. girl who uh they, they it, reference who knows the dante's ex-girlfriend in the bathroom yeah. yeah who knows dante's ex-girlfriend who yeah. had sex with the dead guy in the bathroom and then like <laughs> all of that and i think they mentioned the mall as well 
Oh um, yeah, he's like, were you gonna hit up the mall? <laughs> and even even Silent Bob is kind of like the Stanley of this universe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like cameos, but he just always shows up and gives like sage wisdom, like seventy five percent of the way through the movie. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm actually exci I'm excited to watch more of Kevin Smith's movies after this. I definitely want to watch Dogma because I've heard Have you uh, never great seen things it? about that movie. No, no. Like I said, I I, I, good. I very few Kevin Smith movies. Also, so I gotta... in that movie, he brought Loki out before Loki was cool. Yeah, that's true. So Matt dude, Damon, like, right? Yeah. Um. Well, I'm glad you liked it, man. That's that's you know my hope. That was my hope that you would like it, that you enjoy it. You would have something to pull from it. Um, yeah, it, it's a really, really great movie. Um, it's a great rom-com. Yeah, too, I don't like want to say it... that it's underrated, but like, because a lot of people do know about it and do enjoy it, but I really do think that not enough people. I, w I will say, I mean, there are, and this is true for Clerks to a lesser extent, but there are things about this movie that have not aged well. Like there are just like homosexuality things that are just like, yeah, that would have been done differently today, um, but it's still it's still just like it's it's so smart and it's it, the characters are so good that it's hard not to get on board with it and yeah. and just go on this journey with them. Yeah, um, I was invested. So yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I want to. It was. It's fun. Uh, another thing I enjoy about the Star Wars tangents in this is that this is 1997, so this is a pre Phantom Menace world. So it's it's fun seeing Star Wars nerds before um, the entire universe before exploded from the yeah before midichlorians and before the sequel trilogy. Uh, so yeah, that's oh, wild. Nostalgia. Um, what else we got? I you know, um, I literally wrote like like fifteen pages of notes. <laughs> so and I wrote none. And 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 I I still didn't organize my thoughts very well, but you know what? Um, That's what we're here, man. We're just here to talk about it. We should have have fun and discuss. Uh, uh, should we talk about uh, Kevin Smith's infamous tweet? tweet? <laughs> See, you, now, you know, about... now you're pulling stuff that I have no idea. I'm, you know, from he tweeted the worst thing ever tweeted by anybody in the world, and that includes and like, Trump. In the, I mean, I can read it for you. I don't know if it's safe for this podcast oh, for me to read it out loud. But it, you know what? You, for, for some extracurricular activity for you, um, you can Google Kevin Smith tweet. And Google will know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and and you can read the tweets. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, no. um, listeners of uh, uh, Watch This Part, uh, there's some homework for you. Um enjoy that and if you're on twitter you probably already know what i'm talking about so uh yeah no clue so that's chasing amy so so i got some questions for you uh kyle about about the I movie the fifth. i moving on um <laughs> ask him about, about chasing amy yeah about chasing amy okay yeah so um it. i what would you rate this movie oh no i was i was half expecting this question to come up and I didn't prepare for it at all. I didn't rate these movies. So I, I'll give you two options. You can do it like uh, one through five, one through ten, or you can give it a letter grade. Man, I didn't think about this. Um... <laughs> mm. 
What? I guess I give this. Yeah. It's hard, oh, right? I don't. I don't like ranking. I don't like so, doing the letter honestly, grades. I, 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 I've been, I don't know why, but I've been feeling really comfortable with letter grades lately. So, um, if I, if I were to rate it, I would probably give it, um, like a like a B plus. Um, I think that's a good yeah. rating. Um, yeah, I, th I think I would be in that. I think I would be in that same area. I think a B plus it sounds. I, I, I was almost maybe going like maybe an A minus, but I think B plus feels right. Yeah. Um, I would call clerks I, an A minus. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I just think yeah, definitely if you if you haven't watched it yet, it's it's worth it for you know you get to see the beginning of Ben Affleck being leading man, mm -hmm. and uh, definitely I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say probably the best Kevin Smith film. Um, that's debatable. I mean, we both said we preferred Clerks, but um, I, I I'm sure. It's, I, I and I'm, I'm kind of partial. I'm kind of partial to Clerks too as well. I can I think it's so funny and I think it's so like it's just so funny to oh, me like can we, well, let's have a quick aside about Jason Mewes uh Kevin Smith's best friend who he just like brought into this and like he, he's been in every single movie and he's just like a drug addict who like he I, brings with him I love his character I was He's 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 actually very funny in in Mallrats um which I I didn't like Mallrats that much Really? He's like it's it's one of the weaker ones, but I would I really liked the movie. Like I, it's like to me, Mallrats is like is like Clerks, but just the funny parts, hmm. where it's just like they're just trying to like there's not they're not there's not really as much saying heart much, in there. There's not as much. There's not much. Heart, there's not as yeah. much heart in there. Um, I did enjoy seeing Stanley. Um, Jason Lee is even more like vulgar like and jerk, vile in yeah. that movie. <laughs> But I did enjoy but, the like. But I feel the like I feel like eggs. Jason Lee in Mallrats is more like he's aware of it. He's aware yeah. of his actions, but he's he doesn't apologize for who he is. He knows his faults and he owns up yeah. to it. But it, but he he's very like, and that's what made him likable, more likable in Mallrats than in this movie because in Mallrats, oh, he's a million times more likable. In so Mallrats. like, but that's I, part I think of he's it. hateable in this in in Chasing Amy actually. I I I, th I think I'm on the verge of hating his character. <laughs> but the thing is, like, he's because of what his is going on with him. Yeah. Like it, I don't. Yeah. I don't it, get... it is justified by by the movie itself. Right. Right. So. Um. But I but I do prefer just as like if you were like a Jason Lee fan, right. he's more fun in, in Mallrats. Yeah. It's I, just being. Mallrats is fun. It's just fun. yeah. Like yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 fun. It, you know, it's a it's a farce. Basically. It's fine. It's fine. Although literally, like Kevin Smith, like the year after it came out disowned it and was like uh he like went to the critics awards and was like oh i'm sorry sorry everyone nah sorry for oh, rats. Nah, i love it. I, Which is, it I don't know i don't know i don't know why i don't know why he felt that way but uh he does so um any last thoughts closing closing arguments on uh, chasing amy any last questions you had for oh yeah i still have to get oh yeah b minus okay or b plus b plus nice b plus um I think I think you kind of well I think you kind of answered all my questions that I was gonna ask anyway, um, so that was that was good about it. Like what you you didn't I was gonna ask you what you didn't like. You know you didn't like Jason Lee's character. You know you, you pointed out stuff that you didn't like. I I didn't. <laughs> yeah. If if I I mean if I'm listing off stuff I didn't like, um, I think it 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 took me a little while for the movie to to get its roots into me and like really where I really started mm -hmm. vibing with it and enjoying it. 
Um, I think when they're playing darts, that's when like it kind of like. Yeah, that that yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, um, and I think yeah, like I said, there's some like, there's some like homophobia stuff, which is it's part of the movie, but it's also like, wow, <laughs> like okay, <laughs> it's like that that was said. All right, um, so. Yeah, but overall, I, I I mean, it's just it's just really smart rom com. It it goes places you wouldn't expect. I mean, we didn't even talk about the threesome scene, um, <laughs> so that's wild. That's like the most wild part of the movie. Where I was like, that is not what I was expecting to happen in any capacity. <laughs> By the way, there's no threesome scene. <laughs> there's just there, like okay. A, there's a there's scene like... where they talk about having a threesome. Seriously, <laughs> and it is in that, contention. Dude, that that part made me laugh so hard when he just like when okay so like i was just like what and then jason lee just goes sure i started cracking <laughs> up so much i was like no way it is it is so wild uh it is something else so um yeah yeah there's a anyway yeah we could be here for hours talking about it but yeah, yeah. i'm glad you uh, liked it i'm glad that <laughs> the you know the the general consensus was that you you liked it that you enjoyed it um yeah so. i mean yeah like i said i'm i'm looking for, looking forward to uh watching dogma mm-hmm. uh I, I probably will finish watching the view of universe movies um because Mike, it's just fun in. to say view of universe tell me in because I'm, I'm doing that I'm, I'm gonna do that too um i i don't think i'm going to be watching his his later films um you need okay I, after seeing this though you need to watch the reboot the jay and silent bob reboot it's, it's yeah great. like i said I, I if i watch anything it'll be all the stuff with jay and silent bob in it mm-hmm. and like red state like those are the movies i'm interested in okay from him yeah. uh also also tusk is good i like that okay <laughs> i actually uh i i don't remember anything about it except for the ringtone uh no spoilers uh, the, the ringtone is good though have you not seen it? Uh, it's been a while. Okay, it's yeah, been a yeah. while. But it's I, been. Yeah. I think. I think I watched it like when it came out. And okay, enough of the Tusk talk. No more Tusk talk. Okay, Hector, why don't you tell us about 2001's The Royal Tenenbaums, directed <clears throat> yeah. by Wes Anderson. Directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson. I was surprised. I was like, dang, like what? I was really surprised. Um. Uh, Real quick, because uh, Matt Damon and and uh, and uh, Ben Affleck are to Kevin Smith as Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson are to Wes Anderson. Oh, really? I don't yeah. know. I don't know that much. I'm I'm really glad that you recommended this film. I've been wanting to watch Wes Anderson's movies a lot. I missed out a lot of his uh, catalog. Um, not just because I didn't want to. It's just because I never just got around to it. Um, and they're not they're not usually streaming anywhere like yeah. they're 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 harder to find streaming at least <clears throat> yeah no no and i love fantastic mr fox um oh. the budapest hotel i saw once and i remember really liking that movie um mm-hmm. i love his style i just love his aesthetic and it's just like that he is a great director he is he, he's great... the one yeah he is a capital uh, capital G, great director. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's one of my favorite living filmmakers. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, and I, I, I just real quick before we get into this discussion. Uh, so you said you've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox and you've seen Grand Budapest Hotel. Right. Have you seen any of his other movies? Have you seen? No. no. 
Okay. Okay. I, I was just see, curious. I really want to see Isle of Dogs. I want to see. Um, I'll see the other one. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that I. Life Aquatic and. Oh, I have seen Rushmore. That's the oh, first one that I've seen, and I saw it in film okay. school. I saw it in film school. Interesting. Okay, because I just watched. Okay, because again, I. I uh, okay. Well, um, going back to my homework, I. 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 I, I I love Wes Anderson, but I'm missing some of his movies. And mm. I took this opportunity to go back and I said I watched his first three films. So I I, I did watch um, what? Yeah, what are Bottle they? Rocket, Bottle Rocket, and Rushmore, and then uh, and then with Royal Tenenbaums. Nice. Interestingly, all three of them co-written by Owen Wilson all the way from the beginning. Really? So it's yeah. news to me. Um. So yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Owen, they they met in the. Wow! The wow! Wilson that's Rutgers. really really cool. You know, I didn't know that they were buddies. I, they were compadres. Yeah, I will. I, I do want to say that Owen Wilson never says "wow" once in any of these three movies that I watched. <laughs> I was keeping an eye out or an ear out for it. Um. But yeah. Yeah. So um, um my initial I didn't know what to expect. The only thing I knew that I was going to expect was a uh, a lot of tripod shots okay a lot yeah. of still shot there's a shot um yeah so it's always like centered or it's always like a wide yeah, angle camera locked down this one and it, and it, or it, and it does this or a lot of like pan, it's so, a lot of panning. it's so just like precise yeah and like, uh, if there's movement, I love that. it's so precise i love it i love it and i'm here for it and um there's one shot that was really weird that it was it was handheld and it's when uh Ben Stiller's character is, is having a fire drill with his with his sons. Oh yeah. And I thought that was really strange because uh either they didn't have a tripod that day <laughs> or it's or he had to have made that decision for a reason. Uh maybe yeah, I, my I, thought I, I was, don't remember all the, the the specific shot. Is it when they're like running so like, around? It's, maybe it's just no, like it's a... at the beginning. So like um so everything is like precise the whole time and then you just see Ben Stiller just sitting like in a hall or standing in a hallway and the camera's going like this and you can tell it's handheld and I'm like hmm, hmm. and it's very unbalanced it's very off center it's very it's very unsettling because the whole movie I, the whole movie up to that part has been like precise and Wes Anderson like you know so like you know I don't recall what that specific thing is but I I'd be I'd be willing to bet that that's predicated on Ben Stiller's like state of mind in this movie right. because he's the one who is the most emotionally unstable but also yeah which but is also like it's a fire drill so it's kind of like he's on edge so it's kind of like you know um yeah but i thought that was really interesting yeah i thought it was really interesting um all these characters are like hurting okay wait so wait, r real quick let's back up tell us tell us what the royal tenenbaums is so the royal tenenbaums is a movie about um this this man, Royal Tenenbaum, his wife, and their three kids, um, and how they're they're all geniuses, uh, but apparently, the mom and the dad they separate for mm -hmm. years, and they never get a divorce, and never so they're spending time apart. But it, it just shows like their relationship when they were kids, to when they separated, and then to now they're adults, um, and there's a lot going on. I don't want to like give everything away, but um i don't even know what to say spoiler alerts of course like i'm not gonna spoil everything but i, I will spoil a few things um spoiler alert, 20, year old, 20 year old movie the ending right i think the ending is so beautiful i i, I, I cried I, 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 yo, I was tearing up i was literally tearing up 
Um, so let me let me let me get let me get back to that. So the whole thing of like uh, of Chaz, which is Ben Stiller's character, not being able to trust his dad after he shot him with the BB, you know, and that just caused friction between them the whole the whole movie, right? The whole thing with the the dad just being a jerk to Margot, which is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about her play, and that just like she kind of shuts him off at nine years old or whatever, however however old she is, and then for the rest of the movie. And then mm-hmm. the only one I think has like kind of a better relationship would be Luke Wilson's character, which is Richie Tenenbaum. Yeah, he's the one that's that is trying to make right. that connection. And it's always like a constant, like he's always there for his dad and stuff like that. But it's weird mm-hmm. how his dad just kind of like took him on those trips with him, like how to gamble and how to like do all that stuff, right? Um, yeah, man, it, it was very, it was very touching and it was very. Um, that's a great movie. I, I, it's it's to, to to jump if I can jump in here. Uh, I I I absolutely adore this movie. Yeah. I will. Uh, the reason I had you watch this is because this was the movie that got me into Wes Anderson. This was my entryway the, into really? Wes Anderson, which was when uh, I was taking a film class in high school, and uh, we did like a. Uh, that. a did you say congratulations? I said imagine that. <laughs> oh yeah. How we both we uh, were both in film school. Yeah. Oh, I I would not dare to call it film school. <laughs> it was a it was a film class, and um, uh. Anyways, we had like a contest of like whoever we like. We all made our own movies, and whoever got to mm-hmm. the most points get to pick got to pick a a movie for everybody in the class to watch. And right. so the guy that won chose the Royal Tenenbaums, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. Weird. And I watched it, and I'd never seen a Wes Anderson movie before. I didn't know what to expect. I watched it with no context. So I was just like, I was just like it's so wildly different than like most movies like i mean of all of almost any director wes anderson is the one where you could just like put on one frame from his movie and be like that's, that's a wes, a wes anderson, anderson movie. movie yeah like you would instantly yeah, just agree. know yeah the palette and, um, the color palette the shot and everything and yeah and then uh i was uh somebody showed me fantastic mr fox like great a couple movie. years later great movie <laughs> fantastic movie fantastic. and um i i'm actually looking to forward to re-watching it and um is it on HBO i want to go through and watch uh, i don't know i haven't looked it up I've, i was only looking at these three movies um mm, i'm gonna have to look it up but uh yeah i definitely want to like i i definitely need to fill i've never seen um life aquatic with so i've never seen the darjeeling limited um but so i'm i'm super happy like I, i'm super happy that we did this podcast just the sole purpose of not only do i get to like fill in some of my blind spots with like kevin smith but i'm also filling in my own personal like filling out my my wes anderson watch and everything so that i love but yeah i mean um i i want to say this is probably like the most wes anderson-y movie where it's just like it's i wouldn't know because i don't i I still have to see the rest of yeah you you haven't and and but uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but like, um, it definitely going from it was very interesting watching the Wes Anderson style. I did mm. air quotes there for the people that are listening on an audio only format. Leisure, leisure. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, no, it, but it was it was really interesting just watching the Wes Anderson style grow from Bottle Rocket, and then it's it's much more present in Rushmore, and then it's like reached its apex. It's like top notch. It's at it's like, and then like, yeah. And then, like every movie after the Royal Ten Bombs, like has that. It's like it's like that perfect Wes Anderson tone. That touch. Uh, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I agree. Seeing like the Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, like you know, 
uh, this is where this is where that style was perfected, and this was where um, it was just yeah, dude, it was great. It was really great. I was really happy. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I want to say uh, this whole week I was like because we we talked on Facetime last weekend, right. and you were like, oh, I just watched it, and and then I was like, oh, don't tell me anything, but I looked at your face, and you were like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, did he not like it? <laughs> and so, like, this whole this whole week, I was, like, trying to come up with, like, arguments of, like, like yeah. how do I make Hector like this movie? Dang, like, how you do were I ready for, like, like a... <laughs> it was not good. It was horrible. Did not like it one <laughs> um, So, no, like... Hey, it, it can happen. I mean, pe people don't... Some people don't like Wes Anderson. My parents hate Wes Anderson movies, and, like, nothing I can say changes their mind, and it's just... It, it boggles my mind. Some people just don't don't jive with the style at all some, uh, so i can see and it being cool. a little weird for some people um, i mean it's it's so quirky and like and odd it's very yeah it's very like i can see it be off-putting for a certain type of person but like nah i was invested uh, you know kind of like okay this movie does take a little bit of time to like kind of get its like you know momentum as well um mm -hmm. but you're but what's funny is that in the beginning you're you're still invested like you want to know what happens to these kids. You want to know what, okay, like what, what, what is the deal? Why am I watching this? Like what, what mm -hmm. is gonna happen? Um, but what was really touching is that, uh, just how it kind of starts off. Gene Hackman's character kind of starts off as like wanting to be really, really selfish, and just because uh, his ex, oh, they're not even, they're not even divorced, just because his wife, his separated wife of yeah, what, what, seventeen yeah. years, whatever, um, is thinking about marrying this other guy he's so selfish and wants to come in and try to take back what's his he feels and like um on the wrong premises you know and yeah. he, he starts to do it and then and it's, and it's not just that too because he he's also broke now yeah so he's, he's broke he doesn't have a place to situation. stay yeah and uh so but it's just like his heart is kind of in the right place but like in the wrong place wrong premise like wrong yeah. intentions kind of um, very very selfish and then I like how once he realize once they you know they find out he's he's not really so he starts he fakes his like his his uh illness he fakes an illness saying that he's gonna die in six weeks so which he is a hilarious first scene when he Dude, first reveals so that he, he reveals it and she's like crying and then he's like I'm not dying and then <laughs> and she's and like she goes goes to like pure anger and then he's like no wait, I'm dying again I, I, I was dying I am dying <laughs> like I mean um, he's such a shyster I think I don't know the the best. I I think the way it's put best is by Wes Anderson himself. But when um when he's talking to Danny Glover and he's like, "You think I'm an asshole?" and he's like, "Nah, you're more of a son of a bitch." And I feel like, like that's like that, the greatest like distillation of character. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's it's just but then, just like how he's like, even though he's doing it with the wrong intentions, he realizes that yo like. I need to I need to put I need to do stuff right. I need to make it right. And he realized I think uh first of all, I think it's really funny that Alec Baldwin is the narrator in this movie. It's just like it's so funny. Um I was curious if that was like some kind of joke about the Baldwin family being like kind of like the the Tenenbaum family, but I don't know. I don't know. You got to ask Wes Anderson. Um but the the fact that like the the narrator says it, you know, cuz uh Gene Hackman says, you know, once they find out that he's not dying and, you know, his whole ruse is, like, kind of torn apart, um, he's exposed. <laughs> Another he, great scene. He says, <laughs> he says, uh, you know, these have been the, the best six days of my life. 
and uh and then the narrator says you know he didn't know it until he said it but he just realized that it was true that it was true i i i I absolutely love gene hackman's like goons like his friends that he has from the hotel like he brings dusty the (laughs) the like the bellhop to act as a as his doctor doctor yeah (laughs) oh man and and his friend uh Pagoda, bro, Pagoda, who's like the Pagoda at the house. His inside like, man. His inside man who just like stabs him <laughs> at some point. He's just. I This movie is so quotable, too. It's so, just like, it's the last time you put a knife in me. You understand? <laughs> my favorite line the... My favorite line in this movie is uh, Who wants to get a couple cheeseburgers and go down to the cemetery? <laughs> I also love the I love uh after after um well this the the big moment with uh Luke Wilson um attempt suicide oh, and heartbreaking and and the the kid that Bill Murray is like is like doing tests Stugging. on is just like covered in blood and they go to the the hospital and they're and like where is like... he and he goes who and he's just covered in blood <laughs> so, oh my god there's so many just like great great moments in this there's, there's a part um, where he where uh he finally moves in, right? He where uh, Gene Hackman's character, Royal Tenenbaum, moves into the house with with them, and uh, you know because Ben Stiller's character doesn't has beef with him, he's like, why is he staying here? And and Luke Wilson's character says, well, you know, you can he's he's asleep right now. You can go in there, wake him up, and tell him to get out. And then it shows them like they go in and like you think it's, it's funny because you, like, you, you he's got like freaking an IV, you know, like a heart yeah. rate EKG machine, like. And, but it looks like it looks like you know, Ben Stiller's kind of taking piggy on him, and he just goes, "Get out!" <laughs> yes, and he's like, I, ben "Okay, Stiller, let me get my stuff." Chaz Tenenbaum is my favorite character from this movie. I, I do like his character for, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, one of my favorite tropes in movies is a a little kid that acts like an adult, and so like the, his whole opening thing is just him like conducting business. He's like ten years old, and he's like a drinking business coffee, mobile. standing up, drinking, and, like... He's, like got a full office full of workers. Um, which is an, also why I love Rushmore. Um, which is that's very much what that movie is. It's mm-hmm. like Jason is like a high school student, but he acts like an adult throughout yeah. the entire thing. Um, so I, I love that trope, and he's just so he's so like emotionally wrecked by the death of his mm. wife. Yeah, and and uh, apparently the whole the red track suits. The, the reason they wear red track suits is because so they're like bright a bright color like if there was oncoming traffic or something like they would be very visible <laughs> I also like how uh, after Royal Tenenbaum dies the only costume change they do is it's they, a black they <laughs> black track suits yeah I thought oh that was my really god um, but, uh, it was so very can, touching I want to talk sorry. about that really quick how yeah. <clears throat> How by the end, you know, Royal Tenenbaum, he he realizes he does want to fix things. And so, like, he he, he does that. You know, he does it with all his kids. But Ch- Ben Stiller's character, Chaz, is, like, the one who is the most hardest to get to. And how they're... Finally, when they're... The, how they're okay is when he's on his deathbed, literally, ru- being yeah. rushed to the hospital. And how the narrator says... Chaz was the only one who witnessed his father's death and it shows them in the ambulance and they're holding hands and they have a really, really touching moment. Like Gene Hackman it's is like holding powerful. his and he's just looking at him and he just like does this smile and like you just know like 
that, that, that and you can that, that you, you're feeling everything that ben siller is feeling yeah. there like like or it's just like yeah, man. That, that's really where that that uh, the wave hits you yeah like, that, that's where it got me oh. uh um so yeah yeah uh, 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 one thing that we we would be in big trouble if we didn't talk about is um, the soundtrack of this movie is oh, freaking it's incredible. Fantastic. It's so good. It's all over the what place too. It's yeah. It's like Rolling Stones. It's got Beatles. It's got it's got like classic music. It's got Peanuts music. Christmas. Oh time yes, yes, is dude. Here. The, the, so mad. The the Christmas time is here. Mm-hmm. Like twice. Mm-hmm. It comes out twice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was Which, like, oh okay. I guess it's like Margle's theme. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess so. But Wes Anderson is one of those directors like Quentin Tarantino where it's just like like they just choose like bangers for like every single song speak, on the soundtrack. Speak truth, brother. Speak truth. Like, I, 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 I I've literally been listening to this on like this album on Spotify for the past. The week. Royal Tenenbaum like, soundtrack? Yeah, the Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack. It's just it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um I love the I mean the the uh the Ruby Tuesday scene mm-hmm. wherever the Ruby I love too. I love the Hey Jude at the beginning, and it mm-hmm. goes on for a long while, like for the the beginning yeah, that's credits like all over the like the prologue, right? And yeah, a, yeah, like there's three, three, like that the the scene the um the scene where Luke Wilson attempts suicide, where it's playing. I forgot what the song is playing, um, but that song is hits hard. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, good, Goodbye Ruby Tuesday when when he and Margot are in the tent, sort of having that yeah um conversation near the end of the movie it's just like all three of those are just like oh like i like the music is just perfect mm-hmm. um so yeah as like a as like a mixtape movie <laughs> definitely top notch um much like uh once upon a time in hollywood thank you thank you for saying <laughs> that thank you <laughs> but yeah um i i guess uh, and i and i don't say this to dunk on kevin smith at all like while Kevin Smith, I think, is a fantastic writer, and I think he's a fantastic storyteller, I think I think Wes Anderson is a like masterful filmmaker. Oh yeah, in totality. yeah, like, absolutely. Like this, I, I, like there's no sets like a Wes Anderson set. Like it's like, like if you just pointed a camera at any corner of any of the characters in this movie, like there would be so much interesting stuff. Like you just pointed at the corner and you'd see like all of the books Margot Tenenbaum reads or has, or the plays that right. she's written. Like it's so, Even it's, like the it's wallpaper, so, like, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. I like you can, it's visual candy. It's like, you could, you could just watch the movie without sound and just be like, Oh, this is like beautiful to watch. Like, it's just, everything looks, it's so colorful. I just freaking love Wes Anderson. Uh, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's he's definitely one of those directors where it's just like it's it's just I it's just very visually pleasing, and um, oh the cinematography like the, when you mentioned that, oh my goodness, the whole like I I literally was watching some some of this stuff and I was like man like next time I make a movie or next time I shoot something like I'm gonna use that like mm-hmm. it made me I like it when a movie makes you a better filmmaker or a better like you know yeah uh, for actually. Do- just to throw this out there, I would say, like watching Clerks makes mm-hmm. me want to make a movie. Yeah, watching Wes Anderson movies makes me want to like make a masterpiece. <laughs> like it makes me want to like, like I don't even know. Like I, I, that probably wasn't even phrased correctly, but it's just like it, 
watching oh, it was phrased correctly like, like it's like looking into the obelisk or the the uh, the the thing from doesn't want to space obviously it's just like like i don't i would never be able to do that like uh, i mean this is truly something special mm-hmm. uh, but yeah sorry little t- side tangent there uh the one thing i did do a little bit of homework as well um just a little bit not as much as you do i didn't get right no 15 page notes a little bit um but uh gene hackman almost didn't take the role yeah because... do you know who almost did it instead who gene wilder really that would have been something he, he he ended up turning it down but yeah it was i think it was it was offered to gene wilder no at one way. point but that, yeah, it would have been a completely different movie, I think. Yeah, that would have, I would have. Lo- I would love to see. It would that have been great, too. but like, it would have been a different movie. Um, but because yeah. the reason why Gene Hackman almost passed on it is because he felt convicted, because he kind of felt in the same boat as Royal Tenenbaum, in that he was kind of like, he felt like he was neglecting his family at that time, and and that's he, right. He almost yeah. didn't take it, and he asked his family whether they would be uncomfortable if he took this kind of role, and they all convinced him that he should take it. So like props right, to right. Gene Hackman's family because yeah, like this very easily could have been Gene Hackman's last film and that would have been great but unfortunately his last film was Welcome to Mooseport like two years later. Oh my God, are you serious? The one with Ray Romano? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I, I don't. I don't know. I've never seen Welcome to Mooseport. I mean, <laughs> like I it's, it's no movie. it's it's no Royal Tenenbaums. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I believe you. Dear God. Oh Lord. No. Um, are you looking it up now? <laughs> no, it's just like I'm um, just the thought of that. That's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's Damn. See Wait, when did he die? Dude, did he die after Mooseport? He died after Mooseport. What was that? Two thousand five. Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't think he died right. I think he just retired afterwards. Oh, I don't know. Tired. Is he dead? I actually I don't, don't even, know. If he's I thought. Dead well, you you were talking. To, you were talking about him like he, like he was dead. I didn't think you were. Well, I, it, it's just that he's retired. I don't know who's uh, dead anymore. Like, I thought like. He he's okay for for, for the listeners at home. He is still alive. He's just been retired from movies since okay. Welcome to Movie. So as of this recording, uh, please please don't let him die right after this <laughs> we record this. I feel so bad. Um, Looks like we got to make a movie and put him in it. 91 years old, but he's retired. Uh, apparently, he was a real bastard on the set of this film. Really? Was like, to the actors? Like, bullying Wes Anderson and stuff. Yeah, well, I'm just, I think mostly with Wes Anderson, he was just butting heads. Hmm. But, like, apparently, like, Bill Murray was, like, co- like started coming to set every single day, even when he didn't have scenes, just to be, like, moral support for Wes Anderson. Um, I don't know. Uh... Oh yeah. Also, Luke Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson turned down roles as the brothers in the Ocean's Eleven movie. To be um, in this to one? Be in movie. Yeah. Nice. Let me just say, everybody in this movie is fantastic. To, da- down to the kids, and mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know if you know, uh, you probably do know, but like, uh, I was like one of the kids, one of one of Ben Stiller's kids. I was like, where have I seen this kid before? And I was like, oh my gosh, he's young Monk. Are you freaking kidding me? Dude, oh my God, ben, I did not know that. One of Chaz's kids is young Monk. That makes perfect sense. And I was oh like, my where have goodness. I seen this kid before? He plays baby young Adrian Monk. Monk. Baby Monk. <laughs> well, he's not a baby. He's like in like elementary school. Yeah. But it's like, 
Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> that is too funny. You're absolutely right. Oh my goodness. Are you on IMDb right now? I am. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Oh my goodness. Grant uh, Rosenmeyer. Yeah. That's the kid. Uh, That's the dude. Shout out to Grant Rosenmeyer, the greatest actor of our generation. Um, and yo, they, they, everybody so, was great. Everybody was great down the, you know, Angelica Houston always brings it. You know, uh, I want to say the person I feel lost themselves in their role the most, and I thought it was really uh, was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh yeah, I would. Okay, I was really like I forgot I was watching Gwyneth Paltrow because like yeah, she, she really embodies this role like I, I even like i didn't know who she was the first time i watched this but now i'm like you know you know exactly who she is you yeah. know what goop is you know you've seen iron man right and but like she doesn't she's not like you're right she totally she's totally that character mm -hmm. um she's totally in there um yeah interesting i mean yeah i mean the whole cast is is completely stacked uh again wes anderson much like kevin smith brings back the same stable of actors like I think Jason Schwartzman is in like almost every single one of these uh, of his films. Same with like mm -hmm. Luke and Owen Wilson. Yeah. Um. The guy, uh, P Pagoda, the uh, is he played Indian? By Kumar. Yeah. What? He's, he's Indian, Indian yeah. right? Okay. He's literally like a. He's just like this barista from Houston that that Wes Anderson found at this coffee shop. He's from Texas, by the way. Um. Uh, he and the Wilson brothers, nice. and he was just like, hey, like I, he just like abducted him and like put him in all of his movies. He's been in all of his movies thus far. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I need to I, just a, a sidebar because I also I, I said I also watched Bottle Rocket and Rushmore. Okay. Bottle Rocket is freaking amazing. I I, I want to make you watch that too because <laughs> Bottle Rocket is it's a heist movie. Okay. Um, and it's and it's Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson are the main characters, but they're not they're not brothers. Oh, they're I don't not think brothers they ever, in this movie. Either. I don't think they ever played brothers in any of Wes Anderson's movies. But they're always like they always just up, appeared, anyways. And it's and it um, uh, Owen Wilson plays a character named uh, oh my God, he's got like the stupidest name, uh, Dignan. Is that what it is? Dignan? Dignan? I don't know. I've never seen it. Hold on, Dignan. let me, let me look. Dig him, dig him the, 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 the... Dignan. D, like, almost like from... indignant. Indignant. But Dignan. And he plays a character named Dignan, who is probably one of the stupidest, like, characters in any film. <laughs> like, he's just, like, an idiot. But he's so endearing, and all he wants to do is, is, is rob stores and be a, be a, be a thief. I need to watch these, and, uh, like, like, right now. Like, pull heists. And it's like the most, and um, and uh, that guy Pagoda, um, Kumar, um, uh, Kumar Palana, uh, uh, he he's he's in all of them. So he plays a part a, a bit. He's the he's the safe cracker in in Bottle Rocket, and it is like, I want you to watch it like right now. Uh, I'm, but... I'm looking up IMDb right now, so like, I'm... It, you hear me um, typing? You're good, but, but it's just like the. The, the the heist itself is, uh -huh. is it, it's it's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a while. Like it's it's straight just like hilarity. Um, so definitely give that a watch if if you if you get it. Oh, I'm looking at Wes Anderson's filmography. He's got a film coming out this year. The French it's Dispatch. It's completed. I'm excited for that. We got to watch that when it comes out. It's got 
absolutely. I'm so excited. Like, Dude, Bottle Rocket started that... as a short? Yes, yeah. They they did a short in like 1992, like a 10-minute short, and then it got picked up, uh, or they got funding to make it into Bottle Rocket the movie. Nice. Um, And yeah, and the, this is all like the brainchild of the, the, the Wilson brothers and Wes Anderson. Like, they were like, they're from like UT Austin. They met at UT Austin and mm. and like formed this little group and just like Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson writing and usually Luke Wilson starring. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, just a little side, side tangent on Wes Anderson and, and Bottle Rocket. Uh, he's really also making a musical fact. at some point. I think after The French Dispatch, his next movie is a musical. So that could be... Uh, there's never been a Wes Anderson musical, so that that could actually be That's really awesome. Of, yeah. I'm, I'm. Well, it also has potential to fall flat. I'm sure it does, but, <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean hopefully, how much he loves music and how well he puts music in his movies. Right. I'm optimistic. I'm I'm all for it, dude. You know me. Yeah. I love I love musicals. I love all that. So. <laughs> yeah, I I actually did find quite a few similarities between Kevin Smith and Wes Anderson, which I was not expecting. But <laughs> like what? Tell me. One okay. One they they always seem to have a character that's like a surrogate for themselves, and usually has a haircut that's similar to what they have as is the it, haircut. Who's, who's Wes Anderson's? Is that... If you like look up Wes Anderson's, like, like, is it I wouldn't Rich, say is it Richie? Not, not so much in... Yeah, I would say probably Richie, but like, it's more so like in, I, I would say like in the first two movies, like, um, like just that like that hair slicked back, like yeah. longer hair, but slicked, but like, it, it'd be like if Richie didn't have the beard and he just like... Mm slick his hair back uh uh this is just a personal theory i don't think it necessarily holds true for every movie but i do think they definitely conspiracy like conspiracy theory I, and it's not just these filmmakers i think lots of filmmakers do this it, it's like it's like that thing where they say uh, owners look like their dogs uh, that, that's this is my this is my film theory is the the owners look like their dogs theory um so yeah, well, uh, th film. this will be explored in my that seven thousand page thesis, uh, which will become available online uh, in December. Um, so moving on, um, <laughs> the other things I noticed that were like similar to I I, uh -huh. I mean these movies themselves. I mean they're both about love, mm -hmm. ostensibly, and about yeah. broken relationships and broken people, mm -hmm. and. Um, in some sense, like a like a an unrequited love, I guess. Right. I mean, there's the the relationship between between uh, Richie and, Margo. and Margot Tenenbaum, hey, which is they're bizarre. Not, they're not they're they're not relatives. They're not they're not, re they're not relatives, but it's still bizarre. Uh, and then and then of course, yeah, like the relationship, the main relationship. There's in... also yeah, there's also healing in both of these movies, <laughs> like healing at the at the end. And... Yeah, and then and then of course, like uh, like I said, uh, I think you know we didn't talk about the, the music in Kevin Smith's uh, movies at all, but I think the music in in Chasing Amy uh, is pretty good, and even in, yeah. in like Clerks, some pretty good songs. Oh in yeah, there. even though they're just like covers for the most part to like save money. You know that but Chewbacca yeah. song in Clerks. <laughs> yeah, I was. Like, oh man, but it was good. I, I it was very 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 heartwarming, very touching. Um, I really love Gene Hackman's character arc. Um, everybody, really. And just the fact that... And Ben Stiller's character arc, really. Yeah. It, those, I, I, those I truly two, love Ben Stiller in this those movie. Two, those two characters were, without a doubt, like my my favorite at the end. And uh, at the beginning, Gene Hackman is just like this jerk. 
Um, and like how he just his heart is just like softened and turned just by being around his family. And it's a it's a movie it's... about family. Yeah. And I, I, I there are a lot of and it made me think like there's a lot of people who don't have family. And there's a lot and I think when you have it you really shouldn't take advantage I mean no you should take advantage of it. But you really shouldn't take it for granted. Um yeah. and uh because not a lot of people have it and even though it may be dysfunctional and maybe like you know but you know your family and you love each other. Yeah. And it just it's very it was very it hit home for me at the end. So especially cuz my dad's I'll... passed away. So Yeah. I think I think a lot of Wes Anderson movies are about family uh like certainly fantastic mr fox um uh to some extent rushmore but yeah anyways um what did you what did you uh did you have anything you disliked about the movie anything that stuck out uh, like a sore thumb anything that rubbed you the wrong way i don't think so now yeah. and that's not very and the filmmaker in me wants to find something mm -hmm. um the only thing I could probably think of is that the slow mo shots, you know, it's yeah, that whole that whole off the bus. The whole I think that first one was fine, but then like it does it again. I don't think it needs to. Um, kind of like you know, if you want to be nitpicky, you know, with the Snyder cut with Zack Snyder's Justice League, it was a lot of that. So it's just like <laughs> it's kind of that. Like it's not needed, but it's like you know, it's it's really yeah. not it's really not essential. Um, this is a little known fact, but the Royal Tenenbaums is based on the Snyder cut. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Um, uh, I want to. I want to point out that this came out. I 2001. Think, right, but I mean, I want to know. It was after 9/11. Was it really? It looked like the wide release was January 4, 2002. Uh, so like the the initial release was like probably right at the tail end of the year. Oh, December, December of 2001. Okay. Yeah. So there yeah. You go. So um. So I don't know if like the she died in a crash. His wife. Yeah, something like that. Was it a boat crash? I, I or was it a plane crash? I I don't. It, oh, it was a plane crash because they showed like they, they did the thing with like the, oh and the dog survived. and the dog survived in his cage right. So yeah, but of I, course the dog didn't. I wonder <laughs> if my car later. I wonder if that like kind of you know had any sort of like if people kind of like oh yeah didn't like that at the time i i took that mm -hmm. into effect like oh man i wonder if this came out before I don't or after. Think about that. you know uh, one interesting thing um that wes anderson did when he was making this movie is that it's shot in new york city but he took painstaking efforts to make sure there was no skyscrapers no landmarks whatsoever like during the few, when they're at the cemetery there's like like um uh pogoda pagoda is is like he where he's standing is exactly where the statue of liberty is and it's like specifically so that you don't see it um and it's just and it's just like this whole thing i mean he's so meticulous about every single thing i think the the impetus there is that he was he wanted it to look like they were just stuck in the 1970s mm. even though it's ostensibly modern day or 2001 that they're that like like the cigarettes Margot is smoking are only like they're like like a an old brand of cigarettes you can only get from like Ireland. Red apple cigarettes. Uh, yeah, they're red. They're take a bite out of red apple. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where it's just like he took painstaking. Like mm -hmm. all their clothing is very seventies. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the costume design get, is great. Oh, fantastic so good. in this movie and all his movies, but you know. I, and I, 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 one thing I do love the like the tangents in his movies where it's just like 
and now I'm going to think about all the re past relationships I've had, and then it just like it's all these like single frames where it's just like Gwyneth Paltrow standing in front of like a tribe and you see like the whole tribe in the whole background and it just switches and it's like, Oh, she's in front of a snowy mountain now. And it's just like all these she's things in a that bus and... for, for literally just a 0.5 second little like snapshot on screen. It's almost like a family guy gag where it's just like, it's literally just like they did all this work for this one second cutaway. And it's so, it's so perfect. I love it. I love, I've also a big fan of montages. And there's lots of montages in Wes Anderson movies. So, the the me and Julio down by the schoolyard montage while Gene, Gene Hackman and the two kids are just dude. That's one of my favorite parts in the movie. They're just like being reckless and so good. They're just shoplifting. They're just on running the back of a... running in traffic and like <laughs> that is the funniest thing is them just like they're just running and then it's like oh they're literally running into traffic. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's so funny. It, I, I, God, I love these movies. Uh, I love this movie. Um, since we're talking about this specifically, um, I always feel like Wes Anderson. We, we should wind, wind this up a little bit, probably. But yeah, um, probably. I, I, one thing I just think about Wes Anderson movies is that, in a way, it's like, um, it's like how a kid sees reality brought to, brought to fruition, like where it's 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 almost like like it's not like reality like things don't work they the way they do in reality they work in almost like a cartoon mm. fashion in some cases uh and it's just something specific to wes anderson movies that uh it, it just works in his own little universe and um it's great it's great yeah. um so letter grades uh yeah i would give this a b plus as well the reason why i wouldn't give it an a minus or an a or an a at all is because I feel like I've okay. This is kind of I don't I not that I dislike about it, but I just kind of felt I felt like it was missing something. Okay. Like it just it has one little element missing. Maybe if there's like a this makes me want to buy the DVD and kind of look at like the, the deleted scenes and like look at all the stuff because like it kind of you know it, I, I feel like now we live in a world where we can include things now that like we people are like oh it would have made the movie too long that's not an issue anymore you know what i mean like yeah. release the anderson cut there you go yeah exactly so like <laughs> i feel like i feel like now you know uh i i, I want to just look at the deleted scenes or look at like maybe if there's if there is a a director's cut or like an editor's cut on the dvd or something like that so do you have it yeah this is a this is a criterion uh, all of Wes anderson's movies are released on the criterion collection which is the best like physical media by the way and the so, only criterion collection i have is my dvd of chasing amy really you know i was looking to see if i could get that but i i it's it, yeah. it's uh you know what let me print, let me obviously. go get it let me go get it i want to okay. be able to Please. this is this is great hector and i are now grabbing our criterion copies of the movies we made each other watch <laughs> and i am now unfolding a map of the tenenbaum house uh, I guess this is exclusive content for YouTube. Um, or if you, like, you could probably look it up online or or buy this. Buy this case. Buy this movie and then, you know, get it yourself. So this is my Chasing Amy Criterion Collection DVD. Oh, yeah. Um, literally the only... I, I, like, I, like, the, I like this because this is really cool. Check this out. It comes with a comic book. Is um, it? Oh, it's not a comic book. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> oh, dang it. It's just got like the, like a little, how, so the hows and whys of Chasing Amy. Um, the cast, the cats we've met, you know, uh, 
it kind of like gives like a little view into the view askew universe so it's got like uh where mall rats is taking place you know where rick darius it was or uh you know the people that we've that we've talked to already like randall and and dante and all That's this pretty stuff. cool yeah it's pretty cool and then it has like the, the credits and the scenes you know but it's just really 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 cool like i i was thinking about getting I, the blu-ray i told you remember like i've been really i think you and i have been kind of obsessed with physical media lately so uh, like i i'm i'm I, I i intend on becoming a physical media king yeah so, uh, i will i will sit on the throne of dvds so like i i love this because it's like it's a criterion collection it's got that little thing and i was thinking about buying the blu-ray that had that includes chasing amy clerks and oh yeah jane silent bob strike back which i think i am going to get it because it's blue it's a blu-ray and it's got all of them but the thing is like i don't think i even though i will buy that i'm not going to get rid of this oh it's never so, like, never get rid of it uh, there's no there's literally no better physical release uh, than criterion collection i, I love criterion um but i i would say i i'm a total fanboy i i would give this movie an a um i just I, this is it's not one of my favorite movies of all time but it is like i wes anderson is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time and royal tenenbaums is one of one of his best films uh oh yeah probably top three for me i I've, i'd have to do a ranking sometime um we can do that another show yeah we'll do that another episode but uh i i just i i love this movie top to bottom i i would recommend it to anybody i would recommend any wes anderson movie to anybody i guess if you if you if you're not into wes anderson i think a good one to get in on is the grand budapest hotel i think that's a good sort of entry point that's like the that's the one that's really, the most I commercially go, successful i would go with fantastic mr fox okay interesting i i only say because some people don't like like animation some people some people just don't like animation yeah, so yeah those, I don't know. those people are not worth my time <laughs> Fair enough. Fantastic Mr. Fox and Grand Budapest Hotel. If if for some reason you haven't seen a Wes Anderson film, check one of those out. Yeah, or check out Royal Tenenbaums. I mean, any of them. You're, you're going to like it. Um, so we got to do some housekeeping to get into uh, for our next episode. Right now, we are about to reveal the, the movies that we are going to make each other watch. Next week. And then we're also going to release a uh, reveal the theme that we can so we can start thinking about what movies to make each other watch okay, you came up with week, the theme so. for this for the next one well you already told me what movie you were going to make me watch right um so based on that movie i i have i have said that the theme is movies that generate that mostly take place in one house or location oh okay or it's a, or 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 about being trapped inside right okay so, so let me let me go ahead and share with them what movie i have for you that way you can share i i don't know which one you have for me the movie uh, that yeah. i forgot who directed it for I, a second. I have never seen this movie okay so the movie that i wanted to show kyle that he has never seen before is alfred hitchcock's the rear window um rear rear yeah. window and it is my favorite hitchcock movie of all time but that's we'll talk about that when it, when we get to that episode but uh, my my mom would agree with you uh she's been trying to get me to watch this movie my whole life but i'm a little shit and i haven't done it yet but luckily i started cool. a podcast with my good friend hector in order to force me to watch this movie there you go. So tell I, her i have to do it now tell her it's happening mom <laughs> mom are you watching mom, I, mom. i'm doing it mommy <laughs> uh so hector has selected uh uh alfred hitchcock's rear window mm-hmm. 
So I'll be watching that. And um, based on his selection, um, I had to try to think of something that was related I'm scared. thematically I'm scared to Rear to Window that the actor had not seen before. I texted him an, a list of like eight movies asking him if he had seen any of them and which ones he had not seen. And the only one he's, he mentioned was the one I am going to now reveal oh, because he has not watched it yet. In opposition to Rear Window, which is about a guy who is stuck inside of his apartment and looking out, this is more about... Um, I don't want to give anything away because I don't know what you know about this movie. Um, but it's more about uh, trying to get inside a house. Um, so that would be... Ah, Parasite. Parasite. Yes, I missed this movie. What, what was it? 2020? 2019. 2019. Okay. Oh, it is 2019. And there. Okay, mm. there's a reason why I missed this movie. And okay. you, do you know what it is? Um, you were dead. <laughs> no. Because I was obsessed with another movie that came out that same year. Oh, of course. Once Upon a Time in... You were too busy watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was too busy watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So if you Hector, don't know... It's, it's only Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not 20 times upon a time. I, I can't, do So if you don't... Okay. If you don't, for those who don't know this story... My favorite movie of all time has been the same for almost 20 years, and it is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, the first one, 2002. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and it's it's been my favorite film for about 18 years or 17 years, right? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, and I saw it with my with my friend Matt. Uh, we, we were living together at the time, and I, I put it on. And I like, I really liked it, and I was just like, man, I need to watch that again. And so wait I wait a second, did you not see it in theaters? I didn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but only. Oh my goodness. Th there's a reason why, though. I was focusing on my fitness, and I wasn't really like doing a lot of stuff. I was, I was going through a lot. So um, uh, I just once COVID is over, we need to we we need to find somebody that's doing a screening of Once Upon a Time, so you can at least. Oh yeah. Like if we, if they do like do a re-release in 35, mm, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Tarantino. I'd be done. Uh, anyway. We're gonna watch it in 33 millimeter. <laughs> what a what a picture. What a show. Um with a ass! No. I love the shooting, <laughs> I love the killing. Pop, 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 pop. Um but yeah, that's the only reason why I never seen Parasite. Because I was obsessed with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It, it quickly became my new favorite movie of all time. Um and I'm just obsessed with Kyle can tell you. I'm obsessed with that movie, and I just love it so much. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the on the pod someday. Yeah. Um. So. So again, that's um, that's, that's his way of saying for... shut up. We're we're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> again, Hector has selected for me, uh, Rear Window by mm -hmm. Alfred Hitchcock, and I have selected Parasite by Bong Joon Ho. Um. Would you I'm call not me? Even sure streaming anywhere. So good luck finding that. Uh, I'll 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 lend you this if you need it. Do you have a digital um, copy that I can borrow? Uh. I don't think I do. I think this is just physical. I don't think they give you digital copies on the Criterions. Oh, that's a Criterion um, collection. Yeah. Dang. It is. Look at this dude. This is buying a whole bunch um, of Criterion. Uh, so that being said, okay, so um, um, I guess now we have to si come up with a sign-off of uh, of the thing. Oh yeah, we haven't um, done that yet. I I did. Uh, so so you do the intro. I'm gonna do the sign-out, and and here's why: because um, everybody loves a good fun fact. And oh, that's right. That's so, right. We did talk about this. 
some, some, you know, we're professional. You, you want to get, you want to give the folks something juicy to go out on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, folks, as we, as we come into the, the end of the episode here, uh, you've been, you've all been wonderful. I mean, our, our millions of listeners, uh, you just, uh, thank you for your support, first of all, uh, on our first episode. Right. And, um, really, uh, um, well, you've been talking to, uh, with us, or you've been listening to us for a while. Um, just to, again, um, this has been Watch This Part, a new film and TV and nerd culture of all kinds podcast um, with your host, uh, Hector. And me, Kyle. And we're in perfect sync. And um, there's there's no audio delays because uh, perfect synergy in our, in our duo podcasting. And um, as always... Fun fact, the dog from Full House is also the dog from Airbud. No way! So so no there you go way. everyone. And enjoy that fun fact and uh and have a good evening or morning <laughs> or whatever. Alright, see you guys next episode. Bye! Bye! <laughs>